The Title Block, episode number one, Michelle Ramsey. Welcome to The Title Block, a podcast dedicated to Canadian theatre designers, their history, and their craft. This is your host, Michael Cruz, and this is episode number one, where we will begin talking to lighting designer Michelle Ramsey a little later. First, I wanted to briefly cover the mandate of this podcast and its approach. I have started the podcast in an effort to record the personal and professional histories of theatrical designers in Canada. While theatrical design has been recognized occasionally in the media, there have been few efforts in the past to record both the personal stories of Canadian designers as well as discuss their design philosophies and professional history. With the access given to me through my former career as a lighting designer, I hope to interview senior designers in Canada and create a repository for the history of theatrical design here on the podcast. I'm not an academic or a journalist, and I may occasionally fall on my face or more than occasionally, but unlike other more permanent art forms, theatre design exists for but a fleeting moment, and the artists and artisans who create these moving sculptures, what Adolphe Pia called the living works of art, deserve to have their history and work preserved in some small fashion, and to have the opportunity to stand as an inspiration for future theatrical artists. Well, that's the plan. I have several interviews already lined up, and I offer this first one as a test of the medium as I fumble my way through a conversation about design. I spoke to Michelle Ramsey in February 2014. Michelle is a Toronto-based lighting designer in the middle of her career and has designed lighting across Canada for theatre and dance. She has worked at the Tarragon Theatre, Cahoots Theatre with Fujen, Theatre Direct Canada, Buddies and Bad Times Theatre, and at the Shaw Festival, among many others. Michelle is the 2008 winner of the prestigious Pauline McGibbon Award and has been nominated for 11 Dora Mavenmore Awards and received three. Here's the interview. Michelle Ramsey, welcome to the title block. Thank Thank you for being my guinea pig. (laughs) Thank you. So exciting. You are a lighting designer based in Toronto, Mm -hmm. but you weren't born here. I was not born here. Where the hell were you born? I was born in Prince George, British Columbia. That's a long way away. It is a long way away. How did you find your way to theater? Um, I found it in high school. Um, I was in the band, and um, we shared a room with the with the drama department, um, and it just seemed like a fun thing to do. So I got interested in um, the acting end of it because that's usually how people start in high school. Right. Was there a tech program at your high school? There was no tech program. Um, I became the tech program. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Yeah. 
so my drama teacher was uh, uh, looking for stage managers and that kind of thing for, for a show, and I volunteered, and I, I realized very quickly how terrible I was at acting. So <laughs> in order to stay involved, I headed towards stage management. Fantastic. And, and so that seems to be people's uh, sort of in as well. Stage mm-hmm. management never sort of starts with lighting design or no. sound or anything <laughs> like that. It's always stage management. Um, did you have, what kind of facilities did the school have? Did you have any opportunity to actually do any kind of... Yeah, not at the, uh, not at my particular high school. It was very sort of bare bones. We had a, um, a, I think it was called the upper gym, which had very limited lighting capabilities. Um, and our drama room had very limited capabilities as well. I think there was a little, uh, manual board and a couple of small lights and that kind of thing, but it was very, um, very limited. But I started working at, um... Uh, the next high school over uh, PGSS, which had a uh, a place called Vanier Hall, which was like a roadhouse, basically. So we had people like the Arts Club come through and uh, Ballet Jazz de Montreal and um, uh, Royal Winnipeg Ballet and that kind of thing. And my drama teacher happened to be the head technician there. So he oh, was looking convenient. for, yeah, he was looking for um, load-in crew one day and he... And I, vol- well, I didn't volunteer. I was get- actually getting paid, which was crazy because I was, you know, 14, right. <laughs> pushing cases for the row Winnipeg Ballet. So. Was it a union hall or was it? No, no, it wasn't union. No, it was mostly students. I mean, Prince George, it was pretty limited, the amount of um, skilled labor for, for this kind of thing. Um, and I quickly became the skilled labor. So I was like the head tech at 16. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Well, that's terrific. So they had this sort of small professional theater in town. Did you have any kind of professional, like, uh, groups that were producing theater themselves? Or was it all touring uh, shows? No, it was all, there was a lot of, lot of community. Um, uh, there was a very strong community theater group there. I, I never got involved with it. Um, but uh, uh, I pretty much stayed at Vanya Hall and worked at Vanya Hall and did everything, uh, events from the Prince George Symphony Orchestra to uh, Judy Russell Dance Studio, which was like the, one of the big dance studios in town. And they did the Nutcracker every year All right. and that kind of thing. And we also had um, pretty large, um, uh, like Michelle Wright, who's a yeah, country yeah. singer. She came through um, and they had a pretty big rig for the space that we had like the space venue hall was actually really limited but um but we you know we did what we could with what we had yeah of course (laughs) yeah but there was no um uh there was no professional company until theater northwest moved in and that was uh just as i was leaving town what year was that oh that would have been oh god when did they start uh i can't remember exactly but it was probably in the like 97 something like that oh, okay yeah All right but yeah. but a very strong community yeah lots of community well. community theater. that seems to be pretty typ- yeah. typical i mean yeah. I, when i when i was growing up as well there was a very strong community theater element yeah. that yeah. sort of was your gateway drug as it were to theater <laughs> now what made you want to do this as a profession i mean mm-hmm. did did was did you get a lot of encouragement from your drama teacher or did you have mm-hmm. encouragement from the family or did you just throw caution to the wind or was it a like how did it, how did it, how did you get there um definitely i had a lot of encouragement from my uh drama teacher um my uh grade 11 and grade 12 drama teacher uh was pretty um he was very encouraging with in terms of getting someone involved technically there were a lot of actors so he if he saw someone that was technical he kind of pulled them out and and tried to teach them things. I learned a lot about stage management from him, actually. Um, And my parents have always been very encouraging. Um, 
And when I was in high school, I uh, really wanted to do something either in music or theater, and I couldn't decide which one. Uh, and I have uh, incredible stage fright, so that sort of got decided for me. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes are much better for me. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was on stage as well in high school, and I yeah. did a lot of uh, acting, yeah. Yeah. and uh, learning lines was something I always I could never, Yeah, always drove me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to this point at the end of, Th- uh, end of high school mm-hmm. and you have to make a choice of where to go yeah. or what to do yeah. did you know what did you want to do, be a designer at that point or was it just the, a tech like, designer not just a for tech, sure de- designer, designer was yeah that was and I, I wasn't sure I didn't quite understand how uh, how one was able to make a career out of it I didn't uh, so um, I knew that I was really interested in in lighting design, but 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 actually doing it as a career was beyond my scope of understanding. <laughs> well, yeah, what was the pedigree of your uh, of your of your drama teacher? Like, where did it was he? he yeah, he trained? was from out here. He was actually uh, he did a lot of work in. Uh, I think he was a teacher in Scarborough for a little while. Hmm. But uh, I mean, other than that, I don't really know too much about where he trained or anything. So, right, but he yeah. certainly knew about tech. Yeah. He was there to help you out. Yeah. Well, that's terrific. So you, you're uh, in Prince Rupert. You're making a decision Prince of where George. to go. Oh, Prince George. <laughs> Prince George. Eh, you know, Prince George. <laughs> only Rupert. 12 hours apart. It's no big 12, deal. <laughs> like, what do I know? I'm from Toronto. We're going to get letters. Yeah. Already we're getting letters. It's only the first, the first time we're always getting, already getting letters. Okay, so you're in Prince George. Yes. The other prince in yeah. BC. And you, what what choices did you have? How did you yeah. make that decision? Uh, there were a lot of choices uh, in BC, um, but uh, f- uh, so I applied to UVic and UBC and um, uh, Malaspina College and uh, Douglas College, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of theater theater schools in mostly in the lower mainland, um, but, um, but a couple, couple on the island and that kind of thing. Um, but when I, uh, and I also applied to York and U of T and Ryerson just because you, you know, I was through caution in the wind right, and right. decided, oh, why not? And for something got messed up with my transcripts. So none of my transcripts got sent anywhere in BC and oh. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I didn't find out until it was uh, too late. So, right. <laughs> so I got this letter in August from York university saying, Hey, you got into the art, the general arts program. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't, that's crazy. Like moving from small town, Northern BC to, you know, Toronto, what I thought was Toronto later, I found out it was actually North York. But, right. That's yeah, okay. It's yeah. close enough. Yeah. So I, yeah, I decided to go there and, and, and just know. take that big plunge. Yeah, exactly. Did you have anybody who, um, uh, who blazed the trail for you? Like people that you went to school with that were higher years or anybody you mm. knew in town or was this, were you just, I just it? went, <laughs> that's a pretty big leap. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, so you get to you make it to Toronto, yeah, and your luggage follows you. Yes, and I think it's lost. Yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> uh, you get to York University, yep. and when did you start there? What year was your, was your uh, first 93. year? Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, and in the theater program? Not in the theater program. Uh-huh. I was in the general arts program. I took a theater course for non majors, and uh, I had a professor, Douglas Buck, who. Um, who on the first day I went to him and I said, I want to be in the theater department. How do I get in? And he's, he gave me lots of great advice, you know, volunteer for crews and um, uh, for the first year crews, uh, go to all of the, vol- um, they had this thing called prime time, which was uh, guest lecturers from the community coming in. So I went to all of those um, and he said, just be involved. So I got myself involved and, you know, made myself got myself noticed right. really yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. Always be in the way. That's always yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. And uh, and then you got in. Yeah. So yeah, did you have to audition, year. or did you have to have a <laughs> portfolio review, or something I had like to. That? I had to audition, and you know, the, the way that you get into York is you. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you basically you you show them a portfolio, or you uh, talk about your body of work, or or um, or you audition as an acting student. And um, I chose to talk about my body of work because I um, my body of work, you know, that sounds so ridiculous. No, <laughs> I was no, you know no. eighteen at the time or something. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I I talked a lot about uh, technical theater and and how I was really passionate about it and um, and how I was just I. I um, really wanted to get into the department and learn more about lighting design and that kind of thing so um, right. they went for it <laughs> fantastic yeah no. well that's terrific now did you at this point did you do any uh i know that when i was in high school i was kind of hungering for kind of design theory and mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot available from the teachers that i knew yeah so i had to sort of seek it out myself was yeah. were you doing any of that kind of research yourself or did you yeah for sure yeah i was definitely trying you know going to the library and finding um theater books and there weren't very many lighting design books and i don't think there were any actually there were some um like set design books i guess um but uh i think there were i want to say like four or five theater technical theater books in the in the library kind of so, like the 1976 yeah. scene design and stage yeah, lighting yeah exactly and, yeah, yeah yeah um so uh but definitely i was absorbing as much kind of art as i could and um uh you know it was before the days of the google and the internet and all oh, that yes. stuff yeah i had to go to the library yeah i had, had to go to the library yeah it's incredibly <laughs> tedious actually go and talk to people vertical files yeah. <laughs> something through vertical yeah, files yeah Terrible. but yeah but i definitely like when i was in prince george i had there were there were um several of my peers that were um uh creating not creating new work but creating work like uh i had a um a small company with a friend of mine it was started by two other people but i sort of inherited it and we did like improv nights and um short play nights on at a local cafe and that kind of thing so we were kind of creating our own weird little <laughs> work <laughs> right. that's okay that's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. terrific yeah um, okay, so you you get through York. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fast forward to the end. Yeah. <laughs> but was there were there any um, mentors at, in the actual theater school at York that you mm -hmm. really really felt moved you along or gave you opportunities, uh, or were you really just making up your own opportunities as you went through? Um, yeah, I I didn't really connect necessarily with any of the professors there. Um, uh, the staff were fantastic, and I I. I I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot about work ethic from them. Uh, I learned a lot about um, what I didn't know from them. Um, but the, the actual professors themselves, I didn't necessarily connect with any of them. So, so it was a little bit unfortunate. Um, but, uh, but it kind of made me realize that a, a lot of my education I had to find on my own. Um, so, um, yeah. It's kind of good preparation for being an independent contractor exactly, as well, or an exactly. independent artist, right? Yeah, making yeah. your own, making yeah. your own uh, choice or chances. Yeah. Um, so you get to the end of uh, you get out of York. Yeah. You're ready to go and start designing, <laughs> and what happens? Like, do I you start working at Wonderland? Right. <laughs> Just yeah. like so many of us yeah. before. I got I got a job there in third year um, over the summertime, and um, I sort of work there. Uh, for two summers and then at the end of my 
uh, in fourth year, I just kept working there. So I worked the off season kind of installing, installing and uninstalling sound on the, on the rides and the games right. and that kind of thing, working the concerts. I worked the pyro events. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun and grueling. And, uh, I learned, uh, I learned so much actually a lot of, a lot of it, uh, I I don't necessarily use day to day, but definitely working for a big place like that, you you touch equipment that you were, would never touch otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. Uh, what was your first des- your profession first professional design gig? You got paid for. My Someone said, "Please come design. and come to rehearsal." <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. Is it even remember? Can you even remember? I it? don't even remember. What was my first professional design? I might have to pull my resume out. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but when when you did you were you able to find design work right away? I mean, you have a network right that away. you built in in yeah. New York. Did you yeah. have that network to draw on, or did it, was it something that? The, I mean, definitely the 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 way that my sort of strange path into into professional design was um, uh, grew out of York and out of my uh, out of the people that I met there. So, uh, a friend of mine. Um, um, Michael Hodge, who he was in in the same year as me, and he he became he later became the TD at uh, at Tarragon. He was one of the first people to recommend me recommend me for a job uh, for a tech a tech job. So um, I teched uh, at the backspace at, at Passamorai, um for a show, and this is this is a good like. <laughs> It's a good story about how, uh, you know, one job leads to the next job leads to the next job. So the, the stage manager on that on that show was the wife of the technician at the Tarragon main space. So <laughs> so she uh, he was looking for on call people and she recommended uh, me to him. And then then he hired me and uh, uh, and and got you know, we got to know each other and it was really great. And then uh, a PM at um, at the factory was looking for a new technician. Talked to him and passed me off to her. So then I became the house tech at the studio at the factory. <laughs> Just sort of in a yeah yeah, and it happened in a very kind of you know month, couple of months that happened. So um, so that's how I started working as a technician, um, and that inevitably sort of led to design work in a weird kind of way but yeah well you get exposed to directors who come through the space or maybe looking for people or exactly especially in the studio space you've got yeah people who are new companies and and that the actually the 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 companies that came through the factory when i worked there were um quite established companies and really did amazing work so we in one year i had smith gilmore uh volcano theater columbus um yeah, so those were some of the some of the companies that came through. Right, and yeah. that was in the late nineties, right now, now ninety seven, yeah. ninety eight. Yeah. It was uh, ninety nine was when I started. Ninety nine. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. All right, so I just want to turn to your basic design philosophy. Is now we've got mm-hmm. uh, sort of another sort of chunk here, another fifteen minutes. So talk about this um, when you approach a play. Now, obviously, this is something you've developed over you know the mm-hmm. last while and the stuff you were doing 15 years ago you might not be doing now but um someone approaches you and says would you like to do our new Mm -hmm. play first of all what are your considerations to take the gig like let's talk Uh, about that yeah usually um i have a list of things that i'll ask so one of them is you know who's the director Uh, usually the director is the one that's asking me um 
uh, who who are the designers? Who is the PM? Is there a PM? Right. <laughs> what very is the, important yeah, question. Very important question. Uh, what is the venue? Um, what is the budget? What is the fee? That kind of thing. Um, and uh, and generally, I'll read the script before I take a contract, if there is a script, or I'll talk to the director if it's a new director, um, just to kind of get an idea of whether or not we'll be good to work together. Right. Yeah. Terrific. Okay, so yeah. now you've taken the gig. Yeah. And you get the script. How do you yeah. go through it and and break it down? Like, do you... Mm-hmm. I know some people don't worry about it too much, but... Yeah. But so how do you approach it? Um, usually what I do is I read the f- script first just to read it, just for me, just to kind of get a sense of um, what the story is about. Um, and then my, like, second and third readings, I'll um, jot down some notes about how I feel when I'm reading the script or colors that might come to me or images that might come to me. Um, and that's also when I start doing kind of image research as well. So Google images like my buddy right. <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, and finding artists that I might get influenced by that kind of thing. Well, that's terrific. I have a similar yeah. approach. Yeah. And now, um, do you do those images make it into the play? Do they, Sometimes. how do you draw inspiration from them? Like, yeah, sometimes um, it, it it yeah. There, there's definitely um, sometimes the images that you find when you when you start researching don't necessarily match what's actually going to be the end product. But sometimes they do. I mean, there's there are definitely um, images of photographers and and artists that I I look at when I'm when I'm cueing the show or you know when I'm planning my, when I'm drafting, when I'm picking color, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, yeah. And how do you communicate those ideas to the director at this point? Like, do you share with them the images or do yeah, you have a... Yeah. Usually, I mean, I, I try and get in involved in um, kind of early set discussions as well with the set designer. And depending who the set designer is and depending who the director is, they're more or less receptive to it. Right. Uh, how, yeah. often, how often are you brought in early enough to have those discussions before the design is done? Uh, is, yeah. that, is it now like a standard thing? Because it used to be... Yeah, I, I try and make it standard. There, there, are some, there are some designers that I work with that are... Um, they definitely start talking to me when they're figuring out their prelims. Um, I think it depends on my relationship with the set designer, my relationship with the, um, with the director as well. Yeah. So, but I, I try and get in there. I would say about seventy five percent of the shows I'm in there before the final set design is complete. Do you feel like you're given enough chance to have an influence over? Yeah. Like it, like it should be a collaborative effort. Absolutely, it should be collaborative. And yeah. is the yeah. you so you have feel like you have the kind of power to say, nah, it's not going to work, or yeah, you know, I've had these ideas and you yeah, can, yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, it's it's um, uh, like the set designers that I work with are really really open to that kind of thing and they actually crave it like um uh like people like um like uh cami Koo is is a person that i work with a lot and and we have a very good relationship with uh with uh bouncing ideas off each other and um um yeah so usually usually it's it's a it's a really um Usually we're we're able to kind of nix each other's ideas if they're not going to work. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. I'll say, uh, I, I don't, I, don't, I can't give a specific example, but she, you know, she'll say, uh, how how about this height of wall? And I'll be like, oh, actually, I need to get a, a light, you know, shooting uh, shooting over it. So it'd be great if it was this height of wall or that kind of thing. Right, so, right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Now, how 
how do you record those concepts? So you've got these ideas in your mm-hmm. head of uh, of how to of what you want to see. You have yeah. a vision. How do you then take those ideas and then mm-hmm. translate them to sort of two dimensional uh, sketches and yeah. then to the actual drawing? Like that's a yeah. like a like a set designer can draw things out, can make a rendering, and yeah. then take a three, take a two, it's very easy to take that and make a two-dimensional into a set plan, floor plan. Yeah. Yeah. But a lighting designer, that three-dimensionality is no, not really in the final yeah. sort of technical drawing. So how yeah. do you translate that? Um, well, I'm a terrible drawer, so. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> join the club. <laughs> yeah. Like every Stick other figures, lighting designer. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, usually I've got, now I've got a pretty good handle on like, um, how colors are going to mix and, and, um, uh, the look that I want to, uh, not necessarily the final look, but what I think the final look will be. Cause some, you know, there are always surprises <laughs> and sometimes good, sometimes bad. But, and generally when I talk to directors about it, I don't talk in terms of, uh, technical, technical words you know I say things that are that are more descriptive and more kind of feeling based than actual technical things but how do you go about finding a vocabulary because not Mm -hmm. every design every director seems to have a different way of talking about design they have their own kind of conceptual tools that they use how do you find your in with a director on on establishing a vocabulary um well, so, uh, generally, I, I sort of try and take their lead um, and figure out what they're comfortable with, because there are some designer or some directors that are more comfortable with um, kind of um, I'm trying to think of the right words for it. Uh, uh, like the last director I worked with uh, at Theatre Kingston, um, Charlotte Gowdy, we did this show called Red, and I did a lot of uh, hand gestures to sh- to show how fast things were going to go. Uh, or how slow, or whether whether it was gonna, you know, if it was an effect, I would, you know, move my hand up and down and that kind of thing. And she, you know, I think she really understood that. <laughs> right. That's kind of the most, probably yeah. the most difficult part yeah. of it, right? Because you can say yeah. it's gonna look yeah. like a Vermeer painting. Yeah. But lighting moves. It's got a t- yeah. it's got a time dimension yeah. in it. And yeah. It's very hard to. Absolutely, and definitely, like music has a major influence on on how I how I time things, and even if there isn't music in the like like i'm not matching to a musical cue there's it's always got a beat or you know like a, a some sort of um movement like in a musical way in a you know metronome way or whatever right so, yeah now that's that brings us to the sort of yeah. next process you've got the th- you've got the plot mm-hmm. uh, and in your all your all your ideas kind of coalesce but then you have to actually sit down and cue this thing, mm-hmm. and you've got four hours or six hours, sometimes an eight-hour or two yeah. couple hour, couple four-hour <laughs> slots if you're lucky. But let's just say you have four hours. Yeah. It's a two-hour play. Go for it. How do you approach that mm-hmm. cue-wise? What's your what are your what are your first steps to sort of be, get prepared for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, usually, I mean, the first thing that I always do is I always show the director. Uh, I do a flash through, so I show the director every single light in the plot. And I I know that some people don't always do that, but I think it's really important to to show the director what the tools are that they're able to play with, what the paints are that you're actually able to paint your canvas with. Um, so that's, that's the first thing I always do. Um, and I always have um, a very clear cue sheet as well. Like through re- the rehearsal process, I create um, a very detailed cue sheet, e- even if it doesn't say, you know, like all of the blue tops at full or whatever it, it, ha- it, it tells me um, what I want the scene to feel lo- like or, how I want um, 
the things to move or want where I want to look, that kind of thing. Do you share that with the stage manager before going into yeah, the queue? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a, yeah. queue? a lot of people do a, like a paper queue where they sit down and place everything in the book. Yeah. Do you find that useful? If there's if there's uh, limited time, then yeah, definitely. Or if there's a lot of elements, so like there are some shows where um, the queuing sequences are going to be really complicated. Not necessarily not necessarily just mine, but the sound designers and the um, potentially the um, the projection designer as well. Um, so uh, yeah, definitely, I find a, a, a paper tech helps a lot. But um, but I always give the stage manager my cue sheet because that means that you know we barely have to talk. They can just <laughs> put cues in the book, and I can just keep moving on. And if they have a question, then how much do you give? I know that um, in in the advent the advent of computerized lighting, mm-hmm. uh, I sound like. Back in the 1970s, <laughs> the computerized lighting. In the, with the advent of computerized mm-hmm. lighting, you have a lot more control over the steps. Absolutely. Back in the 80s and 90s, where was still, a lot of the small theaters mm-hmm. still had manual boards, yeah. you really had to rely on the operator and the yeah. stage manager to get their stuff together. Yeah. Now you can you can control that down to the millisecond. Yeah. How do you work with the stage manager to get what you want? Um, well, I've been extremely lucky with the stage managers that I've worked with, um, especially in the recent, recent past. Um, I usually, usually I try and, uh, talk about what the cue, if it's a difficult cue for them to get, I talk about where, um, like where I want the cue to land is, is a good way to phrase it usually with some stage managers. Um, and I tell them what I want it to look like so that, when I'm gone, they understand that, oh, well, that, that cue needs to be shortened now because it needs to be complete by the time that actor is at the table or, or whatever, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Awesome. And, and now, uh, how? let's just talk about color for a second. Um, do you have any kind of palette that is your palette? Mm. Like, this is the stuff, here's the eight yeah. colors that I use all the time <laughs> because I know how to use them. Yeah. Or do you, do you approach it differently? Um, I mean, I definitely have my favorite colors, but my favorite colors change all the time. Um, so there are times where, um, I will pull, I will definitely pull colors that I've used in the past out when I, um, especially if I'm limited on time and limited on budget. (laughs) Uh, and you know, because I, I, I really love to experiment and I try and do a new color at least, at least every show, but you know, if there's no time and there's no money, then you kind of have to fall back on right. them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was going to school, mm-hmm. uh, Shalom Delgai was our uh, lighting instructor. Mm-hmm. And he used to say, um, when we're dealing with the director, you get led down the garden path <laughs> many times. Right. And you have, you know, you have to be able to have a backup. How do you negotiate that garden path? Like some directors are checklist directors. Mm-hmm. Here's the eight things I want. Right. Some of them are completely ambiguous and they say, do what you want. And then they'll tell you when they don't like it. Right. Um, what happens when you get, I don't want to say tricked because mm. that would be, there's no, there's not really a maliciousness, but mm-hmm. when somebody has an idea, they want to, they want you to follow mm-hmm. and then it just falls flat in its face. How do you mm-hmm. deal with that? And how do you anticipate dealing with that? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, definitely, uh, I, I I think I I try and prepare my director as much as possible before going into into the theater. Um, so I tell them, 
you know, uh, the colors I'm using and the, uh, the, the concepts I'm using and the intention of, of, of what I'm doing. But uh, definitely there, there is sometimes that, that director that you've worked with for the first time and you think you're understanding each other and then all of a sudden you get to th- the theater and in queuing and they're like, red, why do you have red on stage? <laughs> I didn't ask for red. Um, so in, the, in that case, then I will uh, try and fix it. I mean, that, that's sort of the only, the only uh, that's the short answer. So, um, you know, I'll... I'll try and figure out what the director is saying to me <laughs> which is sometimes hard if if you thought you knew what they were saying to you in the first place um so uh yeah i mean definitely i want the director to be happy like that's sort of you know my number one thing but i also don't want to uh completely take away if i have a really strong concept or a really strong idea i want to make sure that that gets put in so i'll i'll fight for fight for concepts but but I think the number one thing is to make sure that the director's happy. So I'll just try and figure out what that is. Right. <laughs> At what point do you have to um, sort of give up making it yeah. your own or like how sometimes you just have to sort of say, yeah, yeah. Throw your hands you up. You want and- <laughs> blue, you got blue. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's usually very clear when that, when that, when that happens. Um, and usually it has to do with time. Like usually it's, all right, well, we're, we have an audience tomorrow and my director wants blue on stage and I haven't done it yet and they keep asking for it. So, um, so it's, it's generally pretty clear to me when it's, when it's time to give up the fight, but I'm also a pushover. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, there's pushovers and then there's compromise. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was my chat with Michelle. That was our first half of our chat. You'll have to wait for the second half next time on the title block. I also have upcoming interviews with set designer Sean Kerwin and lighting designer Kevin Lamont, so I can't wait for that. The intro and extra music is Podsafe music by the 1990s called See You by the Lights. Please go to iTunes and give us a review, although you may want to hold back until I have a few episodes under my belt. <clears throat> Uh, And feel free to share this with your friends, colleagues, students, and teachers, or listen to it under the backstage blues, huddled behind that giant stuffed bear from Act 2. I'm Michael Cruz, and I'll see you next time on The Title Block.